on this week's edition of the Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. A massacre in the Music City. Boo! 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 A crisis of confidence. Ah! And the science of the NFL. I still don't totally understand what DVOA means. <laughs> All this and more. Hello, and welcome to the week four edition of the Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. Boo! 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 Eagles, boo! <laughs> the-, uh. the Eagles, the Eagles return to normalcy. They lose in stroke-inducing fashion, <laughs> twenty-six to twenty-three, despite being two and a half point road favorites. Um, let's let's start with the defense. Can I start with some defensive stats that might appall you? I think sure. I've got them already, but sure, go for it. Yeah. In the last six road games, and I'm including the Super Bowl, the Eagles' defense has allowed 32 points per game. Ooh. It gave up 26 to the Titans, 27 to Tampa, 33 to the Pats in the Super Bowl, which I'm counting as a road game, 29 points to the Giants, 35 points to the Rams, and going all the way back to Week 12, 24 points to the Seahawks. So uh, what's up with the defense on the road? They suck. <laughs> the they, suck on, they suck on the road. It, it's, and the stats are, we could go through a ton of stats, but if you look at from the beginning of last year, the defense on the road, I think it's about 12 points a game more. They give up 12. Yeah. Guess what? We're probably not going to be a number one seed. So guess what? We're going to have to win on the road. So if there's one fatal flaw already to this team, it's defense on the road. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know why. What what is it? Do you, it's uh, the the hotel beds. It's the atmosphere. I think they just feed off of the home crowd, and they, when they get the you know the momentum from a big play, that gets them all pumped up. Obviously, they get some all excited, and I think when they're on the road, you know, they don't have that support and they get in their heads a little bit more yeah but they said at the tennessee game there was a ton of eagles fans there I and mean, you That's know how true. well the eagles fans travel so it's not like they're in these crazy hostile environments That's true. well yeah. let me throw let me throw another another wrinkle at you so the eagles are playing without rodney mcleod and based on what i read this week the fourth and 15 that the Titans converted in overtime was a blown assignment by Corey Graham. But he even admitted so as such. He said it was yes. yeah, and so yeah. So the Eagles maybe win if they just have Rodney McLeod in the secondary, and then we're not talking about any of this. Well, who they still they let that stupid team hang around for way too long. Both sides of the ball. Like I'm still I'm I'm getting annoyed with Carson. So we'll get into that a little bit, but. Yeah, Ooh, coming in hot. I'm here. I'm excited for this hot take. Well, I mean, you can blame the offensive line, but he holds on to the ball too GD much. He's always trying to make that extra special play still, and sometimes it's just like just re- get rid of the ball. And then we're down. I mean, we're up seventeen ten. 
you know, we looks like we're in good shape, 17-3, and they march right back down the field, and it's 17-10. And all I, all I say as I'm watching the game is, Carson, do not turn the effing ball over. And what does he do? Turns the ball right over. He's, he's fumbleitis boy again. Like, and that's when he gets sloppy. He's been sloppy. I hope it's just the rust. But, yeah, he's been pissing me off. Defense one, Carson two. Well, actually, 2A, Carson 2B offensive line. Well, I so I my interpretation was I thought this when I watched the game. I thought Carson played really well, but I think pass protection has become a huge issue for the offensive line. And it's not just the offensive line, but it's also Wendell Smallwood apparently had a horrendous game in pass protection if you uh, break down the film. So there the Eagles offensive line is struggling with blitzes and stunts. So that's why I think Carson on that fumble, he just got blowed up on one of them. Right? It was just like a lapse in uh pass. Protection. I feel like a lot of times, you know, a lot of times with quarterbacks, they make excuses for that trying to get around in the pocket and just having pocket awareness. And sure, maybe he got the pocket got blown up a little bit. But he's got to have pocket awareness. Like, live to see another day when you're still up seven. Just do not turn the ball over. Luckily, they only give a field goal at that point. But the momentum totally swung at that point. It, that As soon as that turnover happened, it was just like, here we go. And I just don't, you know, I don't like we, we're down three and we're driving or overtime. And last year, those were always, hey, we need seven. Guess what? We got seven. <laughs> so either way, we score a it, touchdown in either of those scenarios, we win the game. So yeah, put it on the defense, but two field goals, thanks a lot. But that like field goals, as we know, is gonna lose the game, especially on the road. Defense, but hey, the defense has sucked on the road for the last two seasons, last season and a half. So we know they're gonna suck on the road. So the offense has got to carry carry the load they did last year. So another another appalling stat from the offense. Well, I so the offense last year, as as they like to say in the league, uh, the Eagles were excellent in situational football. They were, I think, first in the league in third down conversion and red zone efficiency, or near the top of the league last year. Um, and I think that was a big problem on Sunday. It has been through the first four weeks. Something that was very appalling is the Eagles finished five for fifteen on third down. They were five for ten going into the fourth quarter on third down. So they were 0 for 5 to close the game on third down. And another appalling stat, their average down and distance on third down was third and nine point seven yards. Oof. So tough one. But they used to co- tough one. They used to convert down. those last year. Carson used to always convert those third and longs. And we knew they're gonna exactly. go they were gonna regress to the mean with especially red zone. We knew that. So there's no surprise there. But if they score a touchdown on one of those two final drives, they win the game. So when we had two field goals, didn't you both think when we had a when we always scored a field goal in overtime that we're gonna lose? I did. Oh yeah, for sure. And then like they well, pretend to go for the field goal for the tie. I was like, they're gonna there's no way they're going for the tie. Well, I was uh, technically I was at um, Amanda's uh, new housing development in San Ramon, which is <laughs> lovely. Thanks, Tall Brothers. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Tall Brothers. Uh, 
But yeah, what I I, wa- I watched it later on later on when I got home on the DVR, and uh, well, I guess I already knew the outcome. So yes, I was very upset when we kicked a field goal. Well, hard hitting analysis by the guy who recorded the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I totally agree, man. When when they only got the field goal, I was like, yeah, we're gonna lose this game. But the other thing that I thought was so frustrating about the drive, the last drive where the Titans won the game, it was just like. I mean, they, they, I felt like they had possession of the ball forever. And the defense just was like, oh, whatever. Like, we're just going to keep letting them march down the field. It was so frustrating to watch. It was just like, just watching them give up. It was horrifying. Well, they, I hate they didn't give up, but they gave up <laughs> any big play. Any big fourth down, fourth and 15 is the biggest one. But then that it's a couple of converted third and longs. And then, of course, uh, it was the first time in overtime that a team has converted three fourth down conversions. The only thing I will say is I thought the one fourth down conversion for like, it was like fourth and five and they got called for that bullshit pass interference call. I thought that call was complete bullshit. You see it. I, I, it's, it's technically it's the right call, but you see a lot of times in overtime where they, they swallow the whistle on that one. So, but the way it was going, you knew that the flag was coming out. And the problem is, is Jalen Mills' reputation precedes him. Or is that one Sidney Jones? I can't remember. It might have been Sidney that Jones. Was, that was young Sidney, okay. yeah. But that's yeah. the problem with Jalen. Is that he has his reputation. So if there's any sort of contact, he always gets the flag. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And the other thing, you know, I only this last game, but it was a total, I totally agree with the criticism. of It was an Andy Reid special where it was like, a ton of passes when your pass rush is t- when your pass rush uh, pass protection sorry is terrible, and then in overtime they run the ball and they're running like five yards, six yards, seven yards a clip. It's like, you know, we're on the road in a hot, hostile environment. And by the way, if we're gonna win on the road in the playoffs, we're gonna have to milk the clock. If we play the Rams or we play the Saints on the road, and we're gonna try to outgun them with fifty passes, we're gonna asses kick the way this defense plays on the road. Preach. So we have it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. so. Here's the thing: is we're only two and two, so it's not the end of the world. And I and I will say that now I'm getting all riled up talking about, it, but I do get over the loss, even a terrible loss, quickly. I don't know how long that's going to last if they keep acting like chums. But the path for them to get to the Super Bowl <clears throat> is probably going to be on the road. So they yeah. got to button up the defense, at least to be adequate on the road. And they're going to have to, you know, balance the tack because it's most likely going to be a team like the Rams or the Saints that they're going to have to get through to even get to an NFC championship game. And they're not going to do that with the way they're playing right now. Yeah. Can I complain about another Eagle? Yes. Before we move on from the Tennessee game. Uh Nelson Aguilar had an awful game. Yeah. He had two terrible drops on a couple shot, one shot play and the third and 21 that hit him in the hands. It should have been a first down on a, on a bullet. Coach Greg, coach Greg. (laughs) So you got to catch the ball like this, son, (laughs) like this. Shout out to our dad. That's Uh, coach Greg. (laughs) Coach, coach Graham. See, all right. So let's reflect in a moment of zen and composure 
on the first quarter of the season. What grade, Amanda, do you give Doug Peterson, the head coach? Ooh. Um, Because I don't think Doug has done that terribly of a job game planning. I just think, well, I guess I would say B minus. Because I feel like his game plan has not been, has been pretty good. I mean, I agree with your point, Matt, about, you know, too many passes. Um, you know, you're not going to outslay another good team. But I think overall, his his game plan, he has the right ideas. It's just the execution hasn't been stellar. Um, interesting. I feel like, Matt, um, Doug, I probably I probably give a C plus, B minus. I feel like maybe what's missing, and I agree that what's changed since last year, because the defense was terrible on the road last year, is the offense. Do you think there's something missing with second half adjustments? When we get off of the game plan, we seem to struggle in the second half versus what we manufactured last year. And is that because we lost Frank Reich and John Filippo? Your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure, especially when you hear Diddy, Diddy, Diddy said that the Reich loss was going to be felt, that, you know, that they had a great rapport and that it was very much Frank Reich gave them a lot of good ideas. So it sounds like if you trust the God Almighty Ray Diddy, um, is that Reich definitely hurts. And I'm sure even losing Di Filippo, they'll, I guess Minnesota looked good against uh, the Rams, but they had that terrible game against um, against Buffalo at home. So, you know, I'm sure it's a learning curve with with the new offensive coordinator and losing two quality coaches. But you know, the great ones they they're better than the the, the assistants. You know, Bill Belichick. You know, no matter who the assistant is, um, maybe besides Josh McDaniel, he you know they're still always they're always perennially a power and you know always. Com- Um, yes, that's hurt them somewhat, but I, the one that disappoints me is Jim Schwartz. I do not think he makes any halftime adjustments. And in fact, you know, I agree with the criticism that he wasn't aggressive enough in the second half. So, you know, if we're going to lose, especially as a, a, a team like the Eagles and the fan base, like the Eagles, they, they'd rather lose as an aggressive defense than a bend don't break kind of defense. Well, that's true. Schwartz, Schwartz is a... He definitely is like a, a, has a hard philosophy and doesn't move off of it. Like generally, we don't blitz a lot. We play with a lot of cushion in the secondary. Although on the play we lost on, we did we did do a, a zero blitz, so we were aggressive on the last play, just too aggressive and too late at that point. It's too, and late. too late. <laughs> you know, like I, I'd rather you be aggressive on that fourth and fifteen. You know, so or. You know, and, and Mariota made a great play on that one play to Deion Lewis. You know, that was that was an athletic play that is hard is hard of defense. And Mariota, we always struggle with with quarterbacks who can run. So once I saw that Mariota could actually throw the ball, that, then I got really nervous. And let's be honest, we were up 17-3. And like I said, if they scored a touchdown in any of those last two drives, we win the game. So was I supposed to give we need Dougie, seven. Dougie a grade? Yes, C, and then uh, Schwartz a D. The Eagles, first and nine from their own ten. Hey, guys, we need seven here. <laughs> Shot play. Need seven. <laughs>
right, so let's let's move to a new segment this week because uh, now it's been published with opponent adjustments. Guess the advanced metrics, Matt. Where do you think the Eagles rank in overall DVOA? The keystone advanced metric of the NFL. <laughs> Your favorite metric. This is like the first time yes. you brought up in four podcasts. Well, be, because it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo until week four. I mean, it's still mumbo jumbo. So enough, enough of a sample size. Prelim mumbo jumbo. I would say overall they are ninth. Ninth. Amanda, care to, care to wager? I still don't totally understand what DVOA means. <laughs> it's not important what it means. Lack of like any number, and it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah, just what their rank is. I'm gonna go rank. with thirteen. Oh, okay, Amanda's closer. We're seventeen. Oof, firmly Ooh. mediocre. Ooh. That's below mediocre. That's one below mediocre, isn't it? Thirty-two. It's in the meaty part of the yeah. graph. Wow, that's that's bad. Here, this might surprise you. What do you think we are offensively and defensively? Matt, you go first. <laughs> Which one's better? Let me tell you. Let me ask you that. Defense. Which one's better? Defense. Yeah, okay. We're 24th on offense. Yeah. Ouch. Oh, yeah, we've God. been terrible offensively. There's only been eighth on defense. Been... Rainbow Zach Ertz. Yeah. Brother in Christ has had a great year. Most career games <laughs> by t- by tight ends with ten or more catches. Zach Ertz is already third on that list. Let me let me uh, depress you a little bit more. You guys didn't react so, to that at all. That's amazing. He hasn't played that long. Wait, what? What was you the cut, out. You cut we out? We couldn't you hear you. Out. Tell us again. Most career games by tight ends with ten or more catches. He's already third all time on that list. Damn. Oh wow! Yeah, Tony Gonzalez one at fifteen, Jason Witten two at twelve, and next is Zachary. Wow, that is that actually is really impressive. Yeah, yeah. No yak though. He had a he great game. Yak. He totally he single handedly kept them in the game. Him and Jeffrey yeah. had a great game. Jeffrey had a great game too. Yeah, Jeffrey came out storming. That was surprising. Yeah. All right, another depressing stat. The teams we have played so far this year rank Atlanta 23rd. Oh, God. Tampa 29th. Indy 16th. Uh, Minnesota, who we play next week, is 25th. And this other one I can't read is 22nd. Who else have we played? The Titans. Tennessee. That's what it says. 22nd. Well... It goes to show you that DVA, DVOA isn't everything. It's true. But now just, for, now just for fun, who do you think the top five teams are in DVOA? Rams. Rams are number one. Bears. Yes, Bears are number two. Yep. Um, who else would I put on that list? I think you can, bet, I think you can guess the third. Bengals? Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City. Sorry course fourth and fifth you'd never get though jacksonville and baltimore uh baltimore's look good that's true yeah god why could i I couldn't think of kansas city well offensively i knew they'd be up towards the top but their defense is terrible so this week we play minnesota at home so the defense is good for two more touchdowns not allowed so that's good minnesota is 25th in dvoa they were garbage against the Bills. We're three-point favorites. Amanda, 
What is your prediction for this Sunday? I don't have a good feeling because we something suck. tells Well, because we suck. But then also something tells me that this will be like a big vengeance game for Minnesota from the NFC championship from last year. I don't know why. It just gets I feel like there's bad karma. Hmm. That's a very scientific analysis, but I just have a bad feeling. <laughs> the only thing that gives me hope is obviously, as you said, the defense always playing better at home. And I feel like there's a little bit more sense of urgency with the team after losing to Tennessee. Are you scared at all by Kirk Cousins or is he hilarious no. to you? No, I think he looks like a goofball. I'm not scared of him whatsoever. <laughs> he should be scared of because he's had good success against the Eagles, even as a Redskin. Yeah, except, except last year. Yeah, no, Kirk Cousins, always he always plays well against the Eagles. Don't forget, he, he almost he had that one bad play at the, at the goal line, or they would have won that game last year. Yeah, he's just such a dweeb. Yeah, exactly. They make me nervous. They have more offensive weapons than we do right now that are healthy. You know, Wentz has got to play really well. The defense, you know, the defense at home will, you know, I just feel again, it's going to be a one possession game. I agree. I think we're going to, I think we're going to lose like 21 to 17. And like at the end of the game, we'll have the ball in the red zone and we'll like, yeah, we won't make it on fourth down. This, this is what I foresee in our future. And then we'll be two and three, and all of Philadelphia will call for Doug Peterson to be fired. <laughs> and yeah, they will, that sounds about right. And they will bury the Bud Light Super Bowl statue <laughs> in the Christ Church graveyard, or the Trinity Church graveyard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not scared of Kirk Cousins, but I just, as I said, I don't have a good feeling about this game. I just... I don't know. The last couple of weeks have been so disappointing that my expectations have been reset very low. <laughs> wow. All right. That's so uplifting note to end it on, Amanda. Wait, but note. no, but we forgot to talk about my favorite story about the game. What's that? So I had the pleasure of watching the end of the Eagles game with our mom who had just who had just decreed the night before that she doesn't even bother to watch the Eagles games anymore. No, she still watches. She doesn't care is what she says. Okay. So she doesn't care. Well, she definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) That's true. She told us. So she comes over for the second half of the game, I want to say, and I go into the kitchen and what do I hear from the front room with the TV? I just hear lots of stomping. And lots of cursing for somebody who doesn't care. But here is my favorite. She got so mad at the end of the game when they lost that she swung her, she swung her head back and hit it so hard that she hit her head and then stopped off and locked herself in the bathroom for a good 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then came out and was like, I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought I thought you didn't care about the Eagles anymore. No? No? Uh, <laughs> what was your precious son, Xander, who's all of 20 months doing while mom is freaking out? I think he was napping. 
<laughs> he slept right through the chaos. You know, he's a gram. He's used so to it. So stomping and cursing didn't affect him at all. <laughs> no. But since then, I just love she got so mad. She whips her head back and hits it and then tries to pretend like she totally meant to do it. And just stomps <laughs> off into the bathroom. <laughs> So that was the only good thing about watching the game is I was cracking up about how much of a child she was being that it made the loss definitely more palatable. <laughs> I was pretty pissed. <laughs> well, yeah, but when you see your mom stomping around like a five-year-old, it really puts a, puts it into perspective. When she's acting the same age as your 20 month old. <laughs> Exactly. I think Xander was better behaved than she was. <laughs> was the temper tantrum worse than a Xander temp- temper tantrum? Oh, it was quieter, <laughs> but it was. But the rage was, level. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was equivalent. There was more stomping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final, final question. Will we make the playoffs this year? Matt, you go first. Absolutely. Oh, at at what record? Ten and six. I've been saying ten and six, eleven five all year. Holding firm, Amanda. I feel so depressed after that loss. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm just not feeling good. But something tells me they'll still pull it out, and then we'll get annihilated in the playoffs. And I agree, it's going to be. I don't think they'll be any better than ten and six. Yeah, I'm with you. Ten and six, annihilation zone in the wild card. Wild card round. No, I think I think the silver lining is still believe in our savior Carson, and by the end of the year, he will be elite again because his knee looks pretty healthy. So that that his mobility has not been an issue. It's just been some of his his impatience to make a great play instead of living to see another day, which has always been part of his problem as the gunslinger. So I think by the end of the year, as long as he's at an elite level, we'll still have a shot. So unlike Amanda's depressing outlook, I'll give you a little bit of a <laughs> Yeah, you're right. God's on our side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> All right, doodles, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, well, anything else, Tater? That's all I got. All right, well, uh, fingers crossed. We'll be be stomping on our own at two or three. (laughs) Don't bang your head on anything. (laughs) (laughs) I can't promise anything. (laughs) All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.